Welcome to the Narc Reality Show. This is the Narcissist. I invite you to come escape your reality as I retell the story of my life through the eyes of a grandiose narcissist. Thank you very much. Enjoy. I was always the victim. I will always be the victim. I looked around and I said, Well, my friends are all buying cars to drive themselves to work, to pay for their cars. When you come to that conclusion, or when you use that reasoning, there's only one answer. Suicide. Because life is meaningless, if that's all there is to it. And if life is meaningless, and it's so, so hard, why would you want to keep doing it? And it was so, so hard. Because the world is a bad place. And it's always against you. At least, that's what I convinced myself. Without even knowing. In grade 11, I made myself a five foot long cedar sword and I built myself a leather strap for it because I was a warrior and I needed a weapon an adventurer a knight and I needed my trusty long sword at my side on my back ready to strike the enemy. Heroes always need a weapon. In my first year of college, I decided that I would go on an adventure. That's what I told everybody. My plan was to walk to the southern tip of South America and back or die trying so that's what I did I got my passport I packed my small clothing some Iodine pills for water, purification, I had a mosquito net. I got all of my required shots. I did all of these things. Still living at home. Behind my parents' back. 
And then one day, I disappeared on them. I cut them out of my life, just like I had cut anybody who disappointed me or didn't live up to my expectations or I just didn't want around anymore or I had used up and I left without saying a word I left a note which I described to myself as a letter so it wasn't a suicide note it was a letter about how fine I was and everything was good and this is what I had to do and this is what I needed to do and that I loved them and I broke their hearts and I didn't even care or think about them my parents, who had, who had enabled me for so many years, I discarded them like they didn't even exist. <laughs> Two days later, I landed on the border the United States and Mexico. I was in the great city of Tijuana without a lick of Spanish wandering the streets a bum with a sword strapped to his back that he'd taken on the bus ride all the way. I didn't have a hat and a Mexican gave me a straw hat that he had and that's how I walked through a city of three million people that's how I walked through Tijuana I walked and I walked on the map Tijuana and the Gulf look a lot closer than they are in real life. It's time for a break. See you soon. All right. Imagine this. You are walking on the most beautiful beach you can imagine. The sand is between your toes. The water stretches out as far as you can see. You bathe every night in the water. You're clean as much as you want. Hell, you can probably even drink the water. Food drops from the trees wherever you are. And beautiful women are always on the beach, 
looking for some help with their suntan lotion. From a tall, handsome stranger from another land who doesn't speak their language. And sometimes there are bullies on that beach that you're walking. But they're a lot weaker than you, and you easily defeat them. You send them packing on their way. And people are drawn to you because of your courageous adventure, your plan to walk along the coast to the southern tip of South America and back. You're an amazing, brave person who's doing something nobody had ever thought of doing before without money, without any kind of care or regard for anybody but yourself. Now, you find yourself in the streets of Tijuana, starving, run out of water, you attempt to get some into your water bottle from a tap. Quickly a man runs up to you, saying no, no, no. That's the only thing you can understand him saying. You don't speak Spanish. Says no, no, no. So you don't drink the water. But he gives you some. You follow him. And he gives you clean water. And you thank him. And you keep walking. And you're hungry. And it's June. And it's hot. And you're dehydrated. And you're nowhere close to the ocean or a lake or a river or anything because Tijuana is a desert you're walking in a on a city where the streets are dirt you're walking in the desert with dust blowing all around you and you're walking, and you're walking, and you're walking, and you haven't walked, or exercised, or done anything like that, as long as you can remember. So now, you're a tall, handsome, sweaty, exhausted foreigner, that nobody cares about. Nobody will even give you a ride in their car because you've got a five foot long sword on your back <laughs> and a corn cob hat type deal. You look ridiculous, out of place, and frankly, insane. 
And the truth is, you are. You walk, and you walk, and you walk. And then, as you're finally getting out of the city of Tijuana, two days later, you find a place with some water and two gentlemen. And they say, hey, how would you like some pizza? Of course, you don't understand that. All you understand is pizza. <laughs> and you say, yes, please. And they give you a slice. You bite into it with all your heart. You take two big bites and you're chewing and you're gulping and you're biting. And that slice is gone. Out of your mouth at least. And all that's left is the burning sensation. Because it was covered in jalapeno peppers. And you are now choking. Sweating hurting, and they are laughing and laughing and laughing. What a sight. I'll be right back. All right. There I was. Extremely dehydrated, exhausted, lost, starving. The pizza was the last thing I'd had in four days. I was done. I was actually so dehydrated that I had stopped sweating. But I kept on walking on that road. And honestly, I thought to myself, I did it. I did what I set out to do. I killed myself. I lied down in the ditch that night to sleep. But I couldn't sleep. I just waited for the sun to come up to keep walking finish myself off on the sixth day. And as I was walking through the valley, I looked up and I saw a crucifix on the hill. And when I was raised as a Roman Catholic, that told me in my delusional dehydrated exhausted state was that there must be a priest up on that hill and what I remembered from Catholic school Catholic teaching told me that I could go talk to that priest 
And if he gave me absolution, I could die and go to heaven. And if he gave me food, I could keep on walking. So my plan just changed. And I decided to go up to that crucifix on the hill and see what was there. I came to a gate with a very long road going up. And at the time I didn't know who it was, but there was a lady on the on the gate. And I said, oh, that must be the way I've seen her in something before. So I went through the lady's gate and I walked up the hill. I must have stopped up that hill like four times. I was so exhausted. And for the first time that I could remember, I peed. And it was a dark, rich brown. It looked like a weak coffee. And I kept on walking up that hill. And at the top of the hill, close to where the crucifix was, big cross on the hill that I was looking for, I found a water dispenser, and I ran to that water dispenser, and I put my water bottle under there, and I pushed it down with all my might, and it was empty, it was completely empty, and all of a sudden I heard a voice behind me saying, son, And I spun around. This was in English. A language I understood. And there was two blue nuns standing in front of me. And I was startled. And she said again, son, are you thirsty? And my answer was a solid no. Of course I'm not thirsty. She said, well, if you would like to come with us to Mass, which I had been to church every Sunday for a while with my mom, so I knew what that was. She said, if you come to us, with us, afterwards we'll feed you. And I said, well, That sounds great. Of course I'll go. I even know what to do. So I put my stuff aside. Put down my sword. And afterwards, this blue nun that had greeted me was waving my sword around in front of 21 other little blue nuns. And she said, this is our guest. And she said to me, would you like to stay the night? And I said, yeah, I'd appreciate that. And she told me words I'll never forget. She said, last night I had a dream about St. Michael the Archangel 
And when I saw your sword, I knew you were okay. And when she said that, I knew I was okay. Catholicism is a great way to manipulate people. The problem with Catholicism is God. See you later.